everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And between the basketball game and the bowling tournament, Saturday was not quite the day for Louisiana Tech. Yeah, definitely not. You know, the, the, we'll, talk, we'll talk bowling because I watched a whole bunch of bowling this, uh, this weekend, but Saturday was uh, pretty rough for Louisiana Tech fans. But we'll start with some good news before we get to bowling or even basketball because there's some football news to go over this week, mostly because Tech is getting a bunch of transfers. Uh, all this news is coming up because signing day is tomorrow, which is when these guys will sign. We have a bunch of high school guys coming in too, but I feel less confident about those guys actually signing papers until they're done. I feel much more confident about transfers usually to the point where they're worth mentioning on the show. Yeah, we have uh, a bunch of players from Texas Tech, which isn't really surprising since that's where our coach just came from. But we have a defensive end named uh, Nelson (laughs) Mabanasaur. Manasaur? I don't know. Manasaur? Like a dinosaur? M-B-A-N-A-S-O-R. Everybody do the Bananasaur. Not like this. Any, anyway, he's a defensive end um, with a few years of eligibility left, I believe. A, a quarterback, Parker McNeil, who's coming to us also from Texas Tech, and an offensive lineman named Brett Canis. Um, then we also got a bit of a splash, didn't we, Nathan, on, on offense? Yeah, we have the wide receiver transfer from LSU, if you've ever heard of it, Devonta Lee. I don't know very much about him individually because I don't really follow LSU football that closely, but... Whenever you get a guy from LSU, you feel pretty good about it. Yeah, he was a four-star guy, I believe, in 2019, and he played a bunch of snaps last year, but he only had, I think, like 11 catches or something like that. But, you know, so I think he wanted to transfer somewhere and maybe get a little bit more playing time, get a little bit more uh, a little bit more action offensively, you know. And when you're at LSU, maybe that's the prospects of that aren't as good. You know, you can transfer to Tech. And, you know, we saw that be successful with Paul Turner a few years back, who's now coaching for tech, I believe. So um, it can work out. All LSU recruits should decommit and go to Louisiana tech. Agreed. That's not a hot take at all. In fact, no. just do it guys. It's not, not really that a hard. Hot. It's not a hot take. Yeah. It's a scorching hot take. You said Paul Turner, Teddy Veal is in a similar boat transferred to tech from Tulane and now is on the coaching staff. Teddy Veal cutlets, but coaching alongside them, a new guy. Well, New-ish. He's also returning to Tech, but this time he made a few other stops in between. Peter Hopkins, uh, he comes from Kilgore College in Texas right now as a running backs coach is what he'll be at Tech. He was the GA at Tech, the graduate assistant, in 2013 and 2014, you know, around the time that Dixon was here. So hmm, that seems like a good thing to have in a running backs coach. Solely responsible for Dixon's production. Of course. Explains why he fizzled out in Baltimore. Explain, Yes. Hopefully tomorrow we'll have a, a splash running back signee that I think we talked about a couple weeks ago on the show. But hopefully, you know, Penn goes to paper or uh, and gets faxed to Rustin or whatever. Um, Can we talk about the it? fact that he lost a star after he committed to Tech? Yeah. yeah so that, that's uh... yeah. So he hasn't played a high school football game in like three months, and he's gone from a three star who was not committed anywhere to a four star who was committed to USC and you know in Los Angeles. And then he decommitted from USC and commits to La Tech. Again, no football has been played. He's bumped down to a three-star by Rivals.com. So that's cool. Good stuff. Do you remember his name offhand? DeAnthony Gatson. Great. I'm going to call him DeAnthony Goddamn, son. 
I hope we do call him that. I I hope so. After he rushes for 3,500 yards his first season at Tech. Okay. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> let's, I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> 3,500 yards. And that's just uh, week one. If the quarterback that's just all the wide receivers are like, Coach, can we call a pass play? And gets it's just it's like, like, no. It's like, it's like Mr. Bones' wild ride, but the Anthony Gatson is the one in charge. Yeah. It's like well, bringing all these transfer quarterbacks, not to use any of them. Yes, just to be extra blockers. Are you about to talk about the uh, transfer QB? Yeah, I actually wanted to mention him really quickly. I mean, he Parker McNeil is his name, comes from Texas Tech, uh, went to junior college before then, but... The interesting thing I found about him is that on his Texas Tech player profile page, it said he went to McNeil High School, and I thought that was a typo. But no, this guy, whose name is Parker McNeil, went to McNeil High School. That's wow! That's so incredible. They named the high school after him while he was <laughs> apparently he's that good of a quarterback. <laughs> incredible! I was gonna Texas go Tech like, didn't know what they were missing. He's like Miss, Mr. McNeil because he's the high school, but he's actually Mr. McNeil because that's his name. Anyway, he he is the high school. <laughs> I don't know anything about him, though, other than that this is his fourth stop on his college tour. Yeah, that's right. He started at Troy, transferred to, was it Navarro Junior College? Yeah, Navarro. And then Texas Tech Texas. and now Louisiana Tech, the better tech. My question is, though, is I don't, does anyone really know anything about this guy? I don't think he played very much at Tech, if, Texas Tech, if at all. I don't know how he did at Navarro. Uh, I'm not really sure who the starting quarterback's supposed to be. Nope. Uh, at don't all. know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Allen ended up at uh, Alcorn State. So uh, he's gone. And then uh, Fuckface ended up at North Texas. So yeah. I can't, I don't. Fuckface. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't his know. name is Ed. Does. I mean, it's his very is... close to Fuckface. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember his uh, name. I forgot it when I found out he was going to UNT. Um, at Navarro, McNeil threw for 6,600 yards and 51 touchdowns in 21 games. Oh, oh in, one, in one season? Uh, looks like two seasons. If no one, twenty. I want to live in a world where a running back rushes for thirty five hundred yards in a season, and the quarterback throws for sixty six hundred yards. <laughs> two time first team All American at the junior college level. Wow. Named the National Junior College Athletic Association Offensive Player of the Year. Wow. I mean, the guy did good things at the junior college ranks. He just didn't make an impact at Texas Tech, which by the, the number of transfer quarterbacks we've gotten from them, sounds like they had a pretty. Uh, Full quarterback Four. room. Yeah, I'd say so. So How maybe he's able to stand out at t- the Louisiana quarterback Tech. room that we have right now. Yeah. The quarterback room we have is Matthew Downing, the transfer from TCU, who's barely played um, any, uh, from my understanding. Um, this guy Parker McNeil, who's played at the junior college level, but not really FBS. Luke Anthony, who may have a leg. I don't know. Just uh, get the coffee for the coaches. <laughs> um, Caleb Holstein, who. Uh, I believe is going to be a either redshirt freshman or redshirt sophomore, depending on how COVID works. And he was a gray shirt at one point. I don't know. Um, so we don't know anything about him. And then Landry, uh, the kitty Liddy, I guess we got to come up with a nickname for him eventually. But uh, I, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be an open competition. You it got some older be. guys there that haven't proven themselves. Um, you Elsewhere. got, you know, young guns coming in looking to make an impact immediately in Caleb Holstein and Landry Liddy and kind of nothing in between really. I know it is really wide open, but Comby's kind of like the QB guy. So, uh, having played it himself. Yeah. Parker McNeil's also six foot five. So there's that. Okay. So that's enough stalling. Let's get to basketball. Please. Yeah. The first game isn't that bad. It's against uh, Rice. 
Yeah, so this game, I mean, it was it was back and forth early. Tech scoring was all coming from Junior, Keaston Willis, or David Green uh, there in the early going. But really, uh, in the last six minutes of the first half, the Bulldogs finally got it going and went on that run. You know, we're, we're kind of getting used to expecting that from them, I think. We start out kind of slow, and then eventually we go on a run. Well, they did it. They went on a 19-3 run to end the half with Kobe Williams scoring 11 of those 19 points and giving Tech a 15-point lead at intermission. Um, Rice kind of chipped away a little bit for the first 10 minutes of the first half, and it is uh, a 9-point lead for the Bulldogs with 10 minutes left. Um, Again, kind of going back and forth a little bit. But then a 10-0 run by Tech with three bench players on the court, by the way, puts the game away, and it was 69. Nice. Nice. 50 (laughs) at this point with seven minutes left in the game. And even with the Bulldogs going cold late, Rice was only able to get the deficit down to 17, and the Bulldogs won 80 to 70, 80 to 63, that 17-point margin. So, yeah, kind of kind of a boring game, honestly, leading into uh, leading into a huge matchup on Saturday. I felt like, and I didn't think this was going to be this boring of a game. I mean, yeah. I predicted that Tech would win it, but I thought that was more Tech playing with fire than Rice. Uh, shooting as cold, especially from three as they did. They were one of the better three-point shooting teams in the country. We talked about last week. They shot 38% from three on the season, but they shot the ball 26 times in this game. They were trying to get something going, but only hit four of them. That's 15%. Mm-hmm. That's That was bad, and that's what allowed this game to be so boring, was Rice just could not buy a three-pointer. Well, yeah, they, and that, that's an NCAA violation. <laughs> not anymore. NIL, you're allowed to buy them now. Fuck. um yeah i I thought one thing that was interesting about this game was that rice tried to get by with just you know covering um junior with just max fiedler and that did not work he had 20 or he had 19 points and 13 rebounds and really like max fiedler just did not he was not up for the task you know yeah, I think the other guy they started putting on him, uh, Poteet. I'm not even going to try to say his first name because I know I'd get it wrong. It's Melijal. I, I looked it up last week, yeah. Yeah, I he did a, a decent enough job covering Junior. And even in one-on-one situations, I was actually kind of shocked by the amount of success he was having against him. Um, it kind of felt like when we had Andrew Gordon in against Western Kentucky when we were guarding uh, Charles Bassey, where we found the guy that's able to cover him. So rather than putting Junior out there against Bassey, we'd have – uh, Andrew Gordon. It was it was not that Kenny was completely shut down when Poteet was on the court, but it felt like it was it was more of a coin flip than it usually is when Junior Lofton goes against that single coverage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Melagel Poteet is definitely good. I, I think he's a I think he's a true freshman. He might be a redshirt freshman, but he's going to be really good. I was watching highlights of their win against UAB and he was really like a big reason that they were winning. He was grabbing a lot of boards. So I was actually going to pick him as my player of the game, but then I decided to spread it out when you picked Fiedler, Nathan, I didn't want to pick two centers, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, he ended up with, uh, with six rebounds and 15 points. So, um, not a bad game from him, but I mean, really you have four bulldogs in double digits and also tech only had six turnovers in the whole game. Um, which was huge because Rice was only able to score four points off of turnovers, and Rice only gave only gave up the ball eight times, but Tech was able to convert that into thirteen points off turnovers. So Tech just played a really clean game. 
Um, and yeah, Rice. I mean, Rice was cold certainly, but I, I think that this tech team showed that, you know, their home court is, uh, you know, we don't really lose at our home court very often. Well, so we tell ourselves. <laughs> yeah, so we I realize that's a, that's a, that's a setup for a transition, but one more point I want to make about this one, because that last loss at home before this game was UAB mm-hmm. and that game foul shooting was such an issue where tech shot 60% from the foul stripe. Mm-hmm. And this game, they only went to the line seven times, but they made all seven foul shots. Pretty nice coming off your second to worst, I think it was, free throw shooting of the year oh, to then come back and make all seven. Your tweet about the rice coach getting <laughs> technical and just yelling who made me laugh so goddamn hard um, that I'm probably giving it tweet of the week, even though we're not supposed <laughs> to do that. But based on the arbitrary rules we made up... Um, I saw it happening and I was like, there's no way he's actually just yelling who there's no way the owls coach is just going who, and then pointing to another guy going who it's just, it's, it's hilarious. It's funny. And have you heard him say any other words other than who I, I, I I have not, I can't say that I I have. I mean, I think he coughed at one point. (laughs) I'm not saying that their coach is an owl wearing a trench coat, (laughs) but (laughs) ultimate and top 10, (laughs) top 10 anime reveal. My God. Takes off his human mask and it's a giant anthropomorphic owl. God. Terrifying. Yeah, unfortunately, though, the North Texas coach was not an anthropomorphic mean green, whatever that is. A, because... a neon gas of some sort. <laughs> yeah. It's an eagle that doesn't want to be an eagle anymore. <laughs> Another slow start for the Bulldogs and the mean green jump out to a 7-0 lead to start the game. Three minutes into the game, Tech finally grabs their first basket. But six minutes later, Caleb Stewart three-pointer gives Tech a 15-13 to 13 lead with 12 minutes left in the first half. The rest of the half is a lot of back and forth, but the Bulldogs maintain a three-point lead at intermission, even though Tech only hits one of six three-pointers in the last 12 minutes of the half. The second half starts just about as well as you can imagine with a 17-3 run by the Dogs, and with 14 left, it's 48-31 to 31 Tech, and Ken Palm gives Tech a 95.4% chance to win this game. But North Texas responds to that run with one of their own. A 10 to nothing mean green run cuts the Bulldog lead to 48 to 41. What finally gets Tech out of their rut is a David Green missed three pointer where he gets his own rebound and then makes a two point jumper. Finally, Tech has scored some points. Uh, the David Green show isn't over then as he grabs a defensive rebound after North Texas missed shot on the next possession, then makes a layup and the subsequent and one free throw with 10 minutes and 32 seconds left. Seems like momentum is swung back over to Tech, right? Well, unfortunately, that was the last Tech field goal of the game with 10.32 left. The Charlie Murphy Uh, Jeff here. Wrong. Wrong. North Texas slowly chips away at that 12-point lead, but even with no made two or three-pointers, Tech does make their foul shots. In the last 10 minutes, Tech makes all six of their free throws. Another thing going right for the dogs is the foul situation. With 10 minutes left, Thomas Bell picks up his fourth foul. With seven minutes left, another starter, Ruben Jones, gets his fourth foul. And with three minutes left, their big, Usmane, gets called for his fourth foul. And at that point, with three minutes left, Tech still has a six-point lead. But with two and a half left, Bell lays it up to make it a four-point game. And with one minute and 40 seconds left, Usmane gets a layup to fall to make it a two-point game. Kobe turns it over. Luckily, Bell struggles from the foul stripe. So when he's fouled, it stays a two-point game. 35 seconds left. We all know we're getting the ball to Junior to make this a four-point game. 
and walk out with a win. He puts a shot up at the rim, misses, but gets his own rebound. But that second shot is blocked by Usmane, who also gets the rebound. 11 seconds left. Tyler Perry, who we talked about a lot last week. He'd been pretty much held in check all game here. Puts up a three. That's missed. Thomas Bell gets the rebound. Back to Perry. Another three. This one even deeper. And it's good. North Texas leads 63-62. to 62. Four seconds left, though. Enough time for Tech to drop something. Archibald gets the ball, nearly loses it, basically has to put up a desperation shot before the buzzer, and it's missed. Tech falls to North Texas after leading by 17 in the second half by a final score of 63-62. to 62. Yep. No 17-point lead is safe in the Tech, basically, because we were down 17 against Western Kentucky, and we won. Um, and then North Texas did the same thing to us. Yeah, this... This was brutal. We had several stretches, five-minute stretches with no buckets. Um, Nathan, you incorrectly said that the last bucket was at 10.32. Kobe Williams had a dunk at 5.02. So that was the only bucket from 10.31 until the end of the game. I mean, it's, it's just brutal. You have to find a way to make shots. And if it's not working, you need to call timeout and you need to come up with a way to get to the rim and North Texas has great defense, but you can't go 11 minutes and score two buckets against a, you know, when you have a lead and against another top team in your conference at home, right? It's, we also didn't score any buckets in the last five minutes of the first half. And we didn't score any buckets in the first three minutes of the game. Right. So uh, there's just long stretches of empty possessions or at best we're getting fouled and going to the line. But to go 10:32 and just have one bucket is unacceptable. I mean, that's that's a quarter of the game. That's more than a quarter of the game, and you scored two points from the field, um, and you end up losing by one, and that's what happens. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this team, the streakiness is being is becoming a huge concern, especially early in the game where North Texas jumps out to that 7-0 lead. UAB did something similar, except worse, where Tech has to fight back very early on and luckily in this game they were able to and eventually take a huge lead by the second half but that's not good it's not good to fall down seven nothing to be in a game and then also yeah. struggle shooting the ball late in the game you, you can't have it's okay to basketball is one of these games where teams go on streaks where you have a 10-0 run every now and then by a team or or whatever but it just feels like it's happening so often with tech where we just suddenly struggle Yeah. And I mean, if you look at this run to start the first part of the second half, right, coming out of halftime, I mean, you immediately start with a good jumper by Junior. Then Junior gets fouled taking a three at the shot clock buzzer, which is hilarious, like a fadeaway three. Um, (laughs) Hilarious. Um, He makes all three of the free throws. Then the next three possessions for Tech are good three pointer by um, Xavier Christian, good three pointer by Keiston. Good three-pointer by Keiston. A two-point jumper by Archibald. Like, this is all in a row. Like, we're not missing to start the second half. And you're like, okay, maybe we solved this, you know, starting cold. But then the problem is, from that point on, I mean, you're looking, you're up 48 to 31 with 16 minutes left. You've scored 15 points there at the beginning of the second half. In the first four minutes, you're not even at a media timeout. You've scored 15 points. The whole rest of the game, you score 15 points. And, you know, how many of those are from the field? Maybe two or three buckets from the field the whole rest of the game? Uh, Man, I I don't know what you can say. I mean, I don't know if it was just bad shot selection or North Texas playing 
incredible defense or what, but it's really crazy to me that we lost this game looking at, you know, because North Texas doesn't score fast. They possess the ball for, you know, one of their top stats is that they have one of the longest possession times in the country, right? They want to play slow. They want to slow down their opponents. So really, they're not built to come back from, you know, 15 points down, 17 points down. So how they did that is pretty crazy. And the fact that that guy, uh, Tyler Perry, made that really, really long three with five seconds left is just, I mean, it just sucks. But we really did not play well enough down the stretch to deserve to win this game. And something else, especially on that last play, that had concerned me going into this week when I almost brought it up last week, was it feels like we give away these offensive rebounds at the worst times. Looking at the stats, we're actually about an average, slightly below average team when it comes to giving up offensive rebounds to other teams. Uh, North Texas is the best team in Conference USA at getting those offensive rebounds. So that's part of what happened here. But Tyler Perry misses that first shot and North Texas get that offensive rebound. Let's say he even makes that first shot. That gives Tech 11 seconds rather than four to draw up a play and figure something out on the other end of the court. But instead, he misses, gets offensive rebounded, and he's able to make that redemption shot to give them the win. You cannot allow the other team to get an offensive rebound with less than five seconds left. That's just, you you can't do that. Right, right. I mean, you can't give them another shot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also frustrating that we called a timeout. And then I know Archibald slipped. We had five seconds left to go down and score a two-point basket for the win. And I just, the plan really seemed for Archibald to take a three-pointer, right? And he slipped. And so he had to kind of rush his shot. And he, he it's a very low percentage, you know, shot that he took. But like, why are we not running some kind of a play to try to isolate Junior and get the ball in his hands? I mean, I know you have five seconds left, but that's enough time to actually do something with the ball and i think we still had timeouts left too so we probably could have run the ball up you know taken 1.5 seconds to run the ball up and you know call timeout with three and a half seconds but i guess i mean i guess that's thinking about it too much and you want to trust that your key leaders can make a shot in a you know in a tough spot but also the only other thing that really pissed me off about this was you had two guys with four fouls or three guys with four fouls, but two of them specifically were double teaming junior with 35 seconds left. Um, when he puts up a shot and in my opinion, got fouled and then missed that shot and then got an offensive rebound. And then in my opinion, got fouled again as he got blocked by Uzman who had four fouls. The block may have been clean. They showed a bunch of replays, but my, my brother and I definitely thought that it was more hand than ball, but you know, we, we are very biased people. So um, I, I brought up those four fouls with Thomas Bell picking up his fourth, Ruben Jones and Usman. Uh, I'll pick up their fourth because they all become crucial, or at least Bell and Usman, where Usman makes that shot to make it a two-point game with a minute 40 left. And then Thomas Bell is the one who gets the rebound to give it back to Tyler Perry for that go-ahead game winner. Those two guys are one foul away from not being in the game in those crucial moments. And just like the final score, so close to changing how this one went down. Yeah. But I guess we also shouldn't be too surprised because this is the ninth time out of the past 10 games that it was decided by six or fewer points between Tech and North Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Our friend um, NTSN had tweeted out that like the last, you know, eight games or whatever between Tech and North Texas before this one, 
the total point differential was like plus two for North Texas in six games. Yeah. Um, so now I guess it's plus three and we get to play yeah. him again later this month. Um, February 26th, I believe here in, uh, in DFW up in Denton. So, Hey, that's my um, mother. That's my mother-in-law's birthday. Cool. Happy yeah. birthday to your mother-in-law. I will let her know personally. Just wait a few weeks because that's not her birthday yet. Thank you. No, tell her now. <laughs> I'll hit Bring her, her on the show. She'd be very, she'd be very confused. <laughs> like, what is a podcast? Well, she, does she know what a computer poll is? Because that's what we're about to talk about next. I don't think so, but I will see if I can get her to vote. Okay. <laughs> I think. Uh, Massey had tech at 100th last week. We are down to 101st. Fuck. Not that much change. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, a lot of very incremental changes here. Ken Palm, which we were 85th. We are now 83rd, so we actually moved up in Ken Paul by losing to a good North Texas team. And then net, we moved down one slot from 87th to 88th. And these rankings become less and less meaningful as the year goes on, as we realize. Yeah, also... uh, There is no at-large at stake. Yeah, there's also no at-large at stake for the conference anymore because UAB decided to go ahead and lose to Marshall, who was 0-7 on the season um, in conference play. Um, So... Yeah, it looks like whoever wins the tournament is going. I guess North Texas technically still has a chance, but they'll have to run the table and like really start beating the crap out of some people um, and then losing the championship game. Yeah, UAB, UAB may still have a better chance than North Texas, but it's it's it was probably not going to happen, and now it's almost definitely not going to yeah. happen. UAB is still sitting at 47th in Ken Palm, so maybe, I guess. But Yeah, but we still have some conference pl- games to play before we get to that tournament. First up... FAU. And then after that, you know it, FIU. I'm assuming after we've played three straight games in the tech that this one's on the road, right, Evan? Yeah. This game will be Thursday at 6 p.m. I assume that you have translated that into Central Time, or is that 6 p.m. Yes. Eastern Time? Okay. I take it from Tech's website, which I believe yeah, only shows Central Time. Yes, because I remember when I used to be an Eastern Time boy, I had to translate everything myself. So yeah, um, it it'll be on really ESPN confusing really Plus. fast. Yeah, it'll be on ESPN Plus. And yeah, FAU is 12 and 9 on the season. I believe they're still coached by Dusty May, the old assistant coach here under um, under Mike White, who, you know, famously yeah. the players wanted to get hired as the coach here. And now he's at FAU. So good for him, I guess. But 12 and 9 on the season. They are ranked 140th in Ken Palm. Their best win is over number 132, Western Kentucky. And then their worst loss is that they lost at home to James Madison by four points. James Madison, number 226 in Ken Palm. What can you tell us about this team, Nathan? Yeah, this is yet another good shooting team. Feels like after UAB, Rice, even though they didn't really do it against us, and then North Texas, we've, we just keep facing these teams that are good at shooting the basketball. Please stop. Uh, yeah. FAU is 32nd in effective field goal percentage which then translates into 60th best in the country at three-point shots and 42nd best at two-point shots. So they can shoot the ball from wherever. Overall, their offensive efficiency, which is what Ken Palm uses to just generally rate how good an offense is, is the third best in Conference USA after UAB and North Texas. By the way, Tech is fourth. So this could be a a close offensive battle. Uh, The Owls are also pretty good at defending two-point shots. And I haven't broken that down yet into what that means in terms of defending 
at rim layups or two point jumpers, but they mightily struggle against three point shots. They are the 15th worst in the country at defending the long ball. So if there's any game for Keaston Willis to get going, it's this one. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's been very streaky, as has the team. So yeah. why, are there, why are there two programs in CUSA that mascot is an owl? There, we have all the owls right now. We will soon have no owls. Well, actually, Temple is the owls, too. So never mind. Oh, no. The American will have all the owls. Soon. Yeah, the American will have all the we'll owls. Be, we'll be out owled. <laughs> That's too bad. Anyway, hopefully their coach will also yell who at some point. <laughs> oh, man. I Can we get a camera set up in Boca Raton just to stare at the coach and wait for him to say the word who? Like, even Boca. if it's in a sentence with other words in it. Boca Raton, but it's cool. Boca uh, Raton. Boca Raton. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Evan, other than the coach, is there a player to watch in this game? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pick their point guard, Brian Greenlee. He plays about 78% of their minutes at the one position, and he is very good at both um, shooting himself. He's he's uh, got an effective field goal percentage of 55.1%, which is 290th best in the nation. But then he's also good at dishing it out. He His assist rate is 21%. So can you remind me what that means? That means he assists on 21% of all assists when he's on the floor? Is that... Assists divided by field goals made by the player's teammates while he's on the court. Oh, God. Okay, so it's basically a ratio of how often he assists when his teammates make shots. So yes. 21% of the shots that his teammates make, teammates make, he has assisted on. So that's really good. That's, while he's on the court. Yeah, so that that's a 342nd best in the nation. He can also shoot the three. So, I mean, this guy's a very versatile player, um, you know, playing point guard you don't normally expect them to be, you know, super high three point percentage or super high shooting percentage themselves. Normally they're more of a dish it out guy, but he can, he can do both. So um, he's definitely going to run their offense for them. Yeah. Meanwhile, you said he can shoot the three. My guy plays the three. I picked Elijah Martin. That's right. Not the big, which is again, what I usually pick for these guys to watch, but I picked Martin here because he was the Ken Palm MVP of three of the past five games that FAU has played. Wow. Which means that he has been the player of the game three times out of the past five. And he's yet to truly have a bad game in conference play. Ken Palm has a thing called offensive rating, which determines how good you are offensively in a game. And he has yet, he only had one game with an offensive rating below 100, which if you have above 100 and you're in the game a lot, that means you had a very good night. And that one game he wasn't above 100, he was at 92. So he has been consistently good and sometimes the best player on the court in some of these FAU conference games. He has scored at least 13 points in each game so far in conference play. So expect him to make an impact as well on Thursday night and Boca Raton. Matt, do you have someone that you are got your eye on? You bet your fucking ass I do. So you guys picked, Nathan, you picked Elijah Martin. Um, Evan, you picked Brian Greenlee. Yep. I'm, go- I'm going with their, uh, with their season leader in points. Uh, Michael Forrest for not really shooting tremendously well, only like, well, I guess 42, I guess almost 43% isn't horrible, but then you look at Lofton, he's at like 56%. However, Michael Forrest is an 83% free throw shooter. Mm. Uh, and I'm not really sure where that ranks compared to our guys. I don't know what, what player of ours has a similar or higher or perhaps nowhere near, but Michael Forrest is shooting very well from the free throw stripe. So 
I'm going to pick Michael Forrest. That name sounded familiar, so I looked it up. And in the conference tournament last year, he hit six of ten three-pointers. Ah, oh, God. Wow. Um, I also want to call out their seven-foot-one center, since we normally talk about bigs uh, in this segment. Um, Vladislav Golden. Not sure where he's from. That's a disappointing um, surname. Right, yeah. Vladislav Golden. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he He's is, from Anauchik, Russia. All right, what, all right. That's a very odd... That's not a Russian surname. Yeah. That's, Golden? That's, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's Golden with an I instead of an E, but... Still doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's he's seven foot one. He's got... Predictably, he's blocking a lot of shots. Um, 96th best, best in the nation. He also pulls down a lot of rebounds and uh, makes a lot of his two-point attempts. So they rotate four guys in at the five. So they've also got a guy named Giancarlo Rosado. And is he also from Russia? Uh, probably not. Um, and probably in Madia Niang and also Jordan Capiti. So lots, lots of, um, lots of representation going on here. Um, Niang is from Senegal. Wow. Where's Darden Capiti from? I checked Rosado. He's from Florida. So He's from Kosovo. Kosovo. Man, so uh, they also have a four. Um, where'd that tab go? I lost my tab. Never mind. They don't have any fours. <laughs> they, uh, named Batumba Baruti. So, and he's from the Congo. So FAU's recruiting coordinators just really like going overseas, basically, is what Man, I'm hearing. Mostly to Africa. Trying to think of a transition, but don't really have one. Yeah, Ken Palm in this game. Gives Tech a 56% chance to win with a final score predicted of 72 to 70. Two-point game. Massey has a little bit closer. 52% chance to win. 71 to 70. Do we what? think it's a one or a two-point game here? Do we think that no. FAU <laughs> upsets Tech? No. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm looking at their schedule here. I mean, in conference play, they beat Marshall. They beat they beat Marshall no. twice. No. They beat Charlotte. They beat Western Kentucky and they beat UTSA. So Western Kentucky is impressive. They beat them at home. We're playing them at home too. They lost to MTSU and UAB and UTEP. Um, all three of those on the road though. So they haven't lost a home conference game yet, but we're also the highest rated team by quite a bit to come in um, and play them down there in Boca. So I don't know. I mean, if they get hot from three, especially it's going to be tough you know, but they also just defend the three-point shots so poorly, and that's something that we at least try to make part of our game. So I think you know the matchup is not bad here. We're a very good team uh, when it comes to defending two-point shots, so I feel pretty confident that we can force them more outside. And as long as they don't, you know, overextend themselves or you know outperform their pretty good three-point shooting percentage i think we'll be fine so I, I think we come out of here with maybe like a seven point victory i feel like this is a loss damn you said that they haven't played a home game against a highly ranked team yet they actually did play miami of florida who's ranked 55 at home it says and that was a two-point game that they lost but it was still close i i said this after the uab game we don't play a good team after a bad loss but tech just has had two bad losses in a row back-to-back weeks and I don't know. It just it feels like this is a game where you're trying to get back on track and you just aren't able to in this game. 
And I think it's a two-point game, like Ken Palm predicted, but I think it goes the other way. I think Tech loses by two. Mm. And it's the revenge of Dusty May. What about you, Matt? Well, first of all, we have to discuss why the city of Boca Raton is called Boca Raton. Uh, Boca Raton translates into English as uh, mouse mouth. As what? And as uh, mouse mouth. Okay. Is it so translated we, from Russian? No, that's a uh, that's a uh, Spanish translation. So uh, I only speak I only speak English, some Spanish, uh, fluent in Dutch German. But anyway, uh, mouse mouth almost hard to get out. Mouse mouth. So with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and pick Tech by twenty because they're called mouse mouth. I said what I said. You did. I'm sorry for questioning. One researcher has argued that Boca means inlet as well, and Rattan was an old navigator's way of describing jagged rocks that could be a hazard to ships. It's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just name your town Mouse, mouse Mouth, man. It's all good. Just yeah. don't, don't try to cover that shit up. Just own it, dude. Meanwhile, the other game tech we'll play this week is in a city named after a member of a North American people formerly living mainly in Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin. Is it, That's right, uh, Miami, Florida. Okay. FIU. Well, Bo- Boca is just a short trip up the interstate. Yeah. I'm just more confused by the city in Florida being named after Native American people that were in the Midwest, but that's a topic for another episode. Probably there not. A, there is a Miami... Uh, of Ohio, Kansas. which makes sense. Miami, Kansas. Well, Miami County, Kansas. Yeah, Miami, Ohio exists too. Again, I, I don't know. And now I'm all of a sudden curious, but I have to finish the show first. Check Evan, while I do some research... Part. Our new podcast, Geographical Anomalies, and people who couldn't give a shit less. <laughs> Meanwhile, while I do some digging into this whole why is Miami and Florida thing, what can you tell me about this game, Evan? Why is Miami and Florida? Because Join that's us. where it is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah this game is sat- uh, Saturday, January 5th, apparently. No, it's oh, Saturday, God. February 5th. <laughs> I'm traveling, too, because Nathan typed the notes wrong. So this Saturday at 6 p.m. in Miami, Florida, or on ESPN Plus for most of us, FIU is also 12 and 9 on the year, but they are ranked 251st in Ken Palm. Their best win was also against. Wait, am I reading the same notes? Like, what's going on here? Um, number 132. Oh yeah, Western I probably Kentucky. just didn't change that. No, yeah, no, I did. Okay, never mind. Yeah, also against Western Kentucky at home by three. But oh my god. They lost a UTSA? <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> FIU. They lost to number 325 UTSA on the road in San Antonio by seven points. Uh, that's that's not what you want to hear if you're an FIU fan. No, it's a long flight. Give them a break. Tech has, at this point now, faced four great shooting teams, if we're including FAU, which we haven't played yet as we're recording, but we'll have by the time we play FIU. Tech finally faces a below-average offense. Oh, FIU man. is below the Division One average in three-point shooting, two-point shooting, free-throw oh, no. shooting, turnover oh, percentage, God. and rebounding percentage. They also get blocked a lot. <laughs> they also don't take them. a lot of... They also don't get to the line very often. They also turn the ball over a lot. Why do yeah. they have a team? <laughs> How do they have 12 wins? Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. They've somehow won 12 games. They've got to be good at something, right? They're fucking poisoning the opposing team? <laughs> Jesus. So I'll what, have to check, but I think that's exactly what won, happened. How have they won 12 games, Nathan? They have to be good at something. Yeah, well, what they're good at is some things on defense. 
Uh, Not there's three point control. defense. But... Not alerting poison control. <laughs> <laughs> Feeding bad meat to the opposing team before the game. Fucking FIU's basketball team is responsible for COVID. <laughs> okay. They do say the best defense is a good arsenic. Is a good biomedical warfare. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, pretty good yeah. three-point defense, and they get some blocks, but the rest of the defense is pretty much just average, minus the whole poisoning the other team bit. Uh, <laughs> that seems less than average. But yeah, so I, just a, a normal team on defense, a very bad team on offense. There's a reason why they're ranked 251st in Ken Palm, and that's probably only so high because they're somehow able to scrape by and get 12 wins on the year against teams like North Florida and Green Bay. Wow. I wonder if there's an Aaron Rodgers on that team. Anyway, uh, Evan, do you have a player to watch on this FIU team? I'm going to go ahead and stick with my theme of this episode and pick their point guard, Tevin Brewer. Um, he is a guy that really is used on a lot of their possessions. He takes 27.6% of their shots, which again, as a point guard, is not necessarily something that you typically see. Um, that's that's uh, 226th highest in the nation and definitely the highest on their team by by a couple percentage points he also plays the most minutes on the team by far and again um, point guard you think assists and that's what you should watch out for with this guy if they're going to score any points it's going to be because he's dishing up the ball effectively and he's done that a lot this year he has an assist rate of 38 percent which is 12th best in the nation so um he you know, again, if his teammates are scoring, he has assisted on almost 40% of their buckets when he's on the floor. So wow. that is uh, that is really scary. Also, best free throw shooter on the team, um, or well, he's second best on the team. He hits 85%. So um, we better hope this guy doesn't get going. Yeah, the guy I'm picking, I'm back to picking a big. It's Seth Pickney this time. What really scares me outside of everything else is his offensive rebounding percentage. So how often he's able to grab the board when a rebound opportunity comes up. His rebound percentage is 9.3, so just under 10% of the time there's an offensive rebound to be grabbed, he grabs it. And after that North Texas game where a final shot got a second chance because of an offensive rebound, I am just scared of giving up offensive rebounds. And so maybe it's a panic pick, but I'm panic picking Pickney. Say that three times fast. Matt, do you have a guy? Panic picking Pickney. That was once. That was one time. Kind of slow. I'm very tired. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't have as much Gatorade today. Tired uh, enough to forget that one does not equal three. Fuck you. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> Clevin Brown. You guys are talking about someone who might res- be on the receiving end of some of those dishes uh, from Tevin Brewer. I'm going to go with Clevin Brown, uh, Ford player. What, every time I compare, do the comparison between Lofton and the opposing teams, uh, who is anticipated to be guarding him. It's pretty funny. Lofton's averaging almost seven defensive rebounds per game. Clevin's only grabbing four points per game are obviously down too. But if that's uh, Lofton's matchup and if Brewer can get going and inspire his teammates to get going, look for him to be a, uh, a threat down low. He does have a lot of blocks too. He blocks 7.6% of attempts mm-hmm. taken while he's on the floor, which is, um, you know, 69th in the nation. Nice. Um, also wow. your guy, Nathan, Seth Pinckney, 9.1 percent so um fiu's pretty good at blocking they are uh 58th best in the nation um according to ken palm at at blocking shots and so those two guys that you guys picked are a big reason for that might be a block party 
my guy, on the other hand, has a 0.0% block percentage. So What a fucking waste of fucking humanity. <laughs> What's your block percentage? Uh, the same as his, and that's not good, considering I've never played the game of basketball in my life. <laughs> well, well, the computer polls don't predict that FIU will block Tech's path to a first-round buy, hopefully. Uh, Ken Palm gives Tech a 75% chance to win this game, 72-65 to 65 final score predicted, or a 7-point win for the Bulldogs. Massey is a 70% chance to win, 75 to 69, or a six-point win for Louisiana Tech. I feel like this game won't be as close as FAU, but do you agree with that assessment? Evan, you want to start? Yeah, I think I think Tech matches up really, really well against this team. They're not good on defense, or no, no they're not good offensively. So, um, and Tech's offense is good enough to overpower their sort of, like you said, slightly above average in some categories, but not truly elite in any category so i could see this one since it's on the road i'll say it's like a 10 point win but at home i think this could be a blowout what do you think matt i got tech by 10 i got tech by 12 i think that yeah tech comes away with this one pretty easy how much do they really want the ice cream that's what we'll find out this week yeah how good is the ice cream in the miami general area are you taking them to like baskin robbins are you taking them to like some kind of boutique ice cream store where they got weird flavors you know Find a weird flavor. Anything uh, at Baskin Robbins. They're all kind of weird. Anything like, not at Baskin Robbins is what I'm saying. Like No, oh, but but you're wrong, because Baskin Robbins is the one that has the weird I'm saying flavors like, that have are, pop rocks in them sometimes. What about from out uh, of childhood memory for me? What about what about may- mayonnaise flavored ice cream? No thanks. Um I I'll pass. And look at that. Um, Tech just went 0 2 on the road because they were threatened <laughs> with mayonnaise flavored ice cream. What about sriracha mayo? spicy mayo flavored ice cream i'm talking like look jenny's I'm ice cream now they have midwest yeah, jenny's is great midwest i midwest whiskey and pecan uh, i thought you rainbowberry crisp uh, i've yet to have a know? jenny's that's not good though. i know they're all excellent that's what i'm saying yeah. are, you, are you saying like look team y'all can get like three scoops of jenny's ice cream which costs like fucking 18 dollars to get three scoops of jenny's ice cream that's or are you six like bucks a fucking scoop we're gonna, we're gonna go buy a we're gonna go buy like a tub of fucking like like walmart brand ice cream and let you guys eat it like what how good is this ice cream that's what i'm saying up the if ice cream game if it's a uh, bluebell homemade vanilla uh, i am a thing i don't really believe it was made at home but fuck you. anyway <laughs> yeah the texters <laughs> saw just how hard it was to win on the road because while tech was a home at while tech was home against rice in north texas they were at home the Texters are in the great state of Texas. The first game was against Rice. They fell 72 to 64, but then they were able to upset North Texas on the road 72 to 60. North Texas wasn't the best or doesn't have the best women's basketball team right now, but they were better ranked than Tech and Tech beat them by 12 on the road, which is pretty impressive and something I wish I could see more from this Texters team. Yet again, I find myself confused by the by the Lady Texters. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been a know, theme of this season. Yeah, that that game. I mean, <clears throat> Kiana Walker is a great Lady Texters player. 19 points in this uh, win. Um, also, Salma Bates showed up in this game, 17 points, and Anawar Roberson with uh, 10 points. Um, so yeah, actually four Texters in double figures here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> wish we could see this more often. This week, we hope to see it more often, mostly because the two teams that the Texters are playing this week are not very good. They also play the Florida Twins, but they play them at the TAC. 
Massey gives Tech a 75% chance to beat FAU and a 71% chance to beat FIU. So hopefully the Texters come out this week with two wins and put together only their second two-game winning streak in conference play this year. And so one last thing to do before the end of the show. It's the Tweet of the Week. I feel like I wanted to pick this Tweet of the Week if only so that we can talk about this AFC Championship game and the conflicted feelings we were feeling throughout it as Tech fans. Uh, the Tweet of the Week goes to at JC stands for underscore underscore or JC, friend of the show, uh, who tweeted out, Actually, Evan, I'll let you handle this one because I don't think I've ever seen this movie. What? Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah, Yeah. I've never seen Lord of the Rings. Neither have I. So I don't know who these characters are. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. All right. Sorry, we're not nerdy shut ins. (laughs) Yeah, I like my nerds in space. I don't like them in the past. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to watch This isn't even in the past. It's a fantasy universe. (laughs) Oh, you have a bow and arrow? Okay, I have a space blaster. I win every time. At the end, where Frodo looks at Sam like he's about to suck his dick. I don't even know what you're talking about because I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh my god! This my is... brother, my brother, right now is fucking on the next plane to Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Lord of the Rings is great. Um, at one point, so uh, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna have to explain this. Um, so dwarves and elves don't like each other. Okay, that's a, that's a thing that you would oh, know. Wow. Dwarves and elves don't like each other, but. Gimli, uh, should I not watch this because it's all racist like that? Everyone's favorite dwarf, Gimli, is uh, slash my parents' cat, also named Gimli, you know, says, I never thought that I'd die fighting side by side with an elf. And then Legolas, the elf, says, how about side by side with a friend? And it's all happy, you know, happy go lucky. Everyone hugs. You know, the oh, after school name. special music starts playing. What anyway, JC did another version of that where he says um, he labels Gimli as LaTeX fans rooting for Trent Taylor and says, never thought I'd root for a team side by side with an LSU fan. And then Legolas is labeled LSU fans rooting for Burrow and Chase. How about side by side with a Bengals bandwagoner? And Gimli says, I, I could do that. So that's, it's, it's funny. You see, if, can you verify whether or not Legolas has all his limbs? He, its name is Legolas, not Legolas. <laughs> He's he's very good with the bow and arrow. Okay, is he is, is he like, out of plastic building blocks? Nathan and I's friendship has grown leaps and bounds during this past five minutes. I got I got right, go, but, guys. I'm, all right, but like, there's that giant eye looking around guy. What's he doing? <laughs> giant eye looking around guy. A Sauron or something like that. <laughs> Sauron left the chat and then came back, but I guess you were still confused by. I, I was very confused. I remember Evan going to see, uh, I think it was the first Hobbit or whatever. And he tweeted tweeted, uh, Bilbo the Bass (laughs) Baggins or something. I don't remember. I've actually seen those movies, but during the second one, I fell asleep in the theater. I fell asleep at the midnight release. What the fuck? Why would you watch those without watching Lord of the Rings? Because friends one, wanted to go, and theater chairs were actually more comfortable wait, than my bed at the time. Wait, 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 wait. Is The Hobbit part of Lord of the Rings? Yes. I know ah. that part. It's So he wrote, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote The Hobbit Ooh. in 1936, and then he oh. published Jer. Lord of the Rings in 56, 57, 58. Did you say Jer? <laughs> J.R.R. <laughs> pronounced Jer. This is a stupid joke. It's so funny. Jer. Yeah, so in like second grade, we were supposed to read The Hobbit, and they printed oh. out each chapter of the book using the 
the school's copy machine and stapled them together. God, that's but funny. then they lost which chapter was which and got them out of what? order. So I ran, I read random <laughs> by woods. I read random <laughs> chapters of the Hobbit out of order. Out of order. <laughs> in second grade. Uh, what a hell God. of a second grade that must have been. I didn't realize that Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit were part of the same thing. So that's how the fuck. How the fuck. How the fuck, man? What, what is happening here? <laughs> Just it's like a cultural phenomenon that happened in all of our lifetimes. Yeah, for virgins. Um, I was 10 when this movie came out. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, shit. Maybe some of you. But, uh... <laughs> oh, my God. What was, uh... It took us, like, an hour and a half of recording to get off the rails, but it happened. No, we've been off the rails several times already. What's the guy's name with the beard that looks like Dumbledore? Dumbledore? Oh, yeah. Nathan Dumbledore? <laughs> I mean, there's several guys with beards. But, it's Gandalf um, the Green, Gandalf the White. Also, I just want to shout out JC. Guy? JC, one, for knowing what Lord of the Rings is, because apparently that's a, a thing that not everyone is aware of. But Only ten uh, also, I feel like giving Gimli to Louisiana Tech, the guy with the beard, you know, the big, long, like, Duck Dynasty beard is uh, is fitting. So um, shout out JC for this tweet. Um, it also allowed me to question everything I know about <laughs> Nathan, especially, but Nathan and Matt. Well, you should have been questioning me years ago. <laughs> well, is I it guess... Lord of the Rings? Is it a joke because they're going for Super Bowl rings? No. Oh. Are they? No, the joke is I explained the joke already. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of short people going through a volcano for a ring. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's giant they're eagles not, at the end, I think, trying, that they could have called the whole time. They're not trying to get the, they're not getting the ring. They're destroying <laughs> the ring. It's just nine and a half hours of midgets walking through a volcano. <laughs> it, only two of them make it to the volcano. <laughs> and like, one of them only there for like a minute. And one of them grows yeah. up to be the stepdad on Stranger Things. I got to get ready for Evan to resend my wedding invitation. <laughs> I don't resend think he will after... After no, this rescind. discussion about Lord of the Rings, Take oh, rescind. Away. Okay, yeah, not resend. Yeah, I do have no. those two words are way too close together. I do have to send for the first time the actual invitations eventually when we actually get close enough. Evan, you realize I'm probably not going to make that. Yeah, we'll we'll mm. yeah we'll see. We can talk huh. about it after the show is actually over. Fucking COVID. Yeah, you want to go ahead and send out an invite to everyone listening right now? Yeah, only people that have seen Lord of the Rings. Yes. Okay, well, never mind. I guess I don't know what I'm doing that weekend. I mean, you have anyway. Like that about wraps it up for this. Lord of the Rings. You can, you can <laughs> definitely watch it. It's not that. It's long. on HBO Max. I think I have the I option to watch it anytime I want to. You I have just to watch have the not chosen to. Though. Turns out to that the wedding, the wedding is just a ruse to kidnap Nathan and I into watching Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you and show gonna, up, and it's just a big screen. <laughs> and it's just gonna—he's gonna trap us like uh, Alex in Clockwork Orange and open our eyes with that thing that keeps your eyes open for 24 hours straight. <laughs> That's another movie I haven't seen. Uh, Clockwork Orange gave me nightmares for about three years. So uh, don't watch that movie. <laughs> Did Lord of the Rings, Evan, give you nightmares for three years? Uh, no. Okay, good. So yeah, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please and Die podcast. Out fucking time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where there was a blog post up last week and... Uh, there might be one up this week. If not this week, the next week, hopefully, because um, I've started working on that. But the blog's always there, gtpdd.dog. 
And if you take that same domain, then add a slash and then shop, you head to the store for the website where we have a new shirt of the month because it is now February. It's a Lady of the Mist shirt. It is very dope. Yes. Art designed by Michael Grant. And uh, all I did was add some text that said Lady of the Mist over top of it. But it's it's a work of art, I think. And you should put it on your body. An odd thing to say. But yes, you should. Yeah. It's not wrong. It's just odd. But again, gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Nevin. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Like, I'm assuming Gandalf does at some point, I think, right? Does he, he die? Does. does he die? Yeah. You get what you does he come back? Is he like an allegory for Jesus or something? No, that's you're thinking of Harry Potter. Oh, I'm thinking of Aslan from... Um, or, or yes. Well, C.S. Lewis and, J- and Jur Tolkien were bros. Jur <laughs> <Sure>, Tolkien. <laughs> Fucking Jur. I love it. <laughs> I figured out why Miami is called Miami. Thank you. So there was the Miami group of Native Americans that were in the Great Lakes region. There was also the Miami, M-A-Y-A-I-M-I, Native Americans that were around the big lake in the middle of Florida. Okeechobee or whatever? Okeechobee, yeah. Um, So they have no relationship, linguistic or cultural, with the Miamis (laughs) of the Great Lakes region. this This is just creating more questions than it is answers. Like, why are these two people named so similarly? Yeah, I've been, way, yeah. Have, having been to Miami and Boca Raton, uh, it's a lovely part of the country. Yeah. But have you been to Miami of Ohio? I've never set foot in the state of Ohio, and I will never go to Ohio. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't go to Ohio if fuck it. I would. There's nothing. Jake is to go. rolling in his, I was about to say grave, but he's not dead. That's fucked up. That we know of. That we know of. <laughs> but if you do die, Jake, I'm not going to your fucking funeral in Ohio. Damn. Wow. <laughs> Jake Long is in way. shambles. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you, Jake. You son of a bitch. You don't fucking text me anymore. Probably because Everton sucks dick. Yeah, that yeah. He's he's real down bad about that. You just got Frank <laughs> you just got Frank Lamps though as your fucking coach, bro. Well, that's depressing too. Never mind, Jake.